And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Jurassic Pod. I am Eric Corrine. This is the post-WrestleMania, post-Grammys edition of Jurassic Pod. Uh, joining me, as always, live from Parts Unknown, Holly McKenzie. <laughs> Holly, how are you? Parts are known. I'm joining you from Toronto. It was a bit of a... Well, was it it truly WrestleMania or did you just make that up? No, it was WrestleMania. Two-night event. Uh, Pat McAfee wrestled. Um, Who else wrestled? Logan Logan Paul wrestled. Do I know that name because because of a specific reason? No, he's like a a talk radio dude. Um, yeah, he did but the like interview with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he's right? like Aaron yeah, Rodgers. No thanks, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, uh, I didn't he, know. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, no, he's because he's now the uh, color commentator on SmackDown. Uh, so he got uh, roped into a WrestleMania match, and uh, oh, also jo- Johnny Knoxville of Jackass fame also wrestled. Um, Ooh. Yeah, against uh, Montreal's own Sami Zayn. Did you uh, watch this? No, I both nights. I one night I uh, had plans. I went to Second City uh, uh, on, uh, I guess at Dawes and Danforth. Uh, first, like real night out with a group of people in a while. Like I, we've been out, but just like with one or two people at a time, and generally, you know, at a house or mm-hmm. outside this was like at a place where people were in toronto um did people so, wear masks how did you feel um i mean i guess i'm i'm excluding all of the times i go to cover raptors games <laughs> uh, uh I, i'd say it was a higher percentage of mask wearing than at raptors games but you know still that's pretty still yeah, strange it's yeah it's not a image. not a high bar this isn't <clears throat> I mean, I guess I'd be lying if I said I'm not judging people, but I'm not I'm not condemning them, I guess. Uh who am I to condemn anybody anyway? Uh yeah, so that was fun. And then like we went out to a patio, uh, which was nice, like a heated patio in the back of a oh, restaurant. Nice. Um so that was that was cool. But that that stopped me from watching WrestleMania night one. Got it. And then the thing that stopped me from WrestleMania watching WrestleMania night two is the thing we'll be talking about for most of this episode, this why, I suspect. This is why I thought you made it up. I thought you made up WrestleMania and then mentioned the Grammys because I was like, why would he lead with anything other than Kyle Lowry's return? Yeah, Kyle Lowry was back on Monday night. Uh, no, tonight is Monday night when we record this. He was back on Sunday night. Days. What do they mean? Um, but before we get there, the Raptors, to give you your uh, update, last last podcast of the regular season, Holly. Uh, I don't know how you feel Gosh. about that, but but it's happening. Uh, the Raptors are 45 and 33, tied for fifth, but without the tiebreaker. So they're really in sixth place. Uh, two and a half games up on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Their magic number to clinch a playoff spot proper is two, any combination of two Raptors wins and Cavaliers losses. Uh, The Cavs have three games left. The Raptors have four games left. So they just need three desirable results and a total of seven games, if I did my math correctly, which I believe I did. Uh, I've lost. You've yeah, lost yeah, it's, it's fine. People, people who pay, who, who they know what I'm. People who about. do math know know yeah. what you're saying. Uh, the Raptors are 14th in offense, 18th in defense. Uh, not not 18th in defense, eighth in defense. <laughs> Took all year, but like the Raptors are basically what we expected <coughs> in terms of like their rankings. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess like before the season, I would have guessed they were a. Uh, a bottom half offense team. And I mean, if you look at the half court offense, they, they sure are. But, uh, Eric, at the beginning of the season on my, on a preview show on CBC radio, uh, I said that I thought the Raptors could finish as high as fifth, but would probably finish sixth and, you know, not go to the play in. And I got crushed for that. 
Well, including including from our friend James Herbert, who's normally very effusively positive, who said fifth. And for a while there, I was pretty nervous <laughs> that I looked foolish. But hey, we have, we're in the final stretch, last week of the season, and I think I'm looking okay. Yeah, I think I put their window between fifth and thir- <laughs> fifth and thirteenth. Yeah, um, you covered it all. <laughs> I'm just saying this is where their window is. I predicted somewhere <laughs> in the middle. I think I I didn't predict an exact placing, but I predicted they would lose in the play-in. Uh, so it's looking like I'm going to be wrong. It's looking like you have a good chance of being more right than wrong, certainly, and <laughs> and perhaps even absolutely right. Uh, and props to that. We'll get into the bigger picture. Uh, in a moment, but I, I think it's it's wise to spend, if not most, uh, certainly a good chunk of time talking about Kyle Lowry's return, a date that Raptors fans, uh, well, I, I mean, an occasion, I should say, that originally there was a different date, but an occasion that Raptors fans have been looking forward to since the regular season schedule came out, really since they knew Kyle Lowry would be leaving in uh free agency or a sign and trade. Uh, so you were at home. I was in the arena. Uh, what stood out to you from uh, from what I can only assume is your couch, unless you've gotten more ergonomically <laughs> correct in your, uh, your relaxing TV viewing? Definitely not. Yeah. Over the past two years, I've gotten less, less ergonomic. ergonomically correct. <laughs> yeah. And my body feels it, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. I exist, my desk, I exist my desk a... gets used once a week, and that's for this podcast. And the rest of the week, my work is done on the couch, which is not great. But here I we might, are. I might be getting a standing desk soon, but that's... Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. That's they, very cool. I hate them. I, I can't do I that. Don't, I don't... I, yeah, I don't really want one but i think i need one so it's just uh it's gonna be a thing i uh i try well from my from my couch yeah where i was watching the game uh, i need to ask you did you cry no any kind of moments where no. you thought you might no cry? i um, i'm not saying that to be uh too cool for school no no uh like kyle lowry was uh but uh <laughs> i i just didn't now i uh no, we don't. We don't need to talk about what I was about to talk about. Uh, it takes it takes uh, a lot sometimes to make me cry, and uh, like during Kyle Lowry's whole tenure. I mean, of course, I'm emotionally invested, but my job is to, you know, impartially uh, document what's going on. So, so maybe I mean it's not always that easy to do that, but. Yeah, I'm going to challenge did, you there because cry. I think that you can. I think you can emotionally react to situations. Yeah, no, that I, I'm not without being without being while still being impartial. But no, I, 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 I agree I, with I, that. I but my my job is to be to impartially document. Does that mean I don't mm-hmm. get like emotionally invested? No, like I've you know whipped enough you know pens at desks when <laughs> a raptor makes a bad play or you know I, I think I've told this story, but I. Uh, I think I just stood up and swore when uh, Kawhi dunked on Giannis in in mm-hmm. 2019. Um, just uh, I don't know. I I can't even tell you what emotion that was, but that was just my emotional reaction, which is which is to your point. Uh, but I did not have that. I guess like you I was going to ask, have you cried at anything in the arena since you've been no. covering it? No. no. Okay. No. Shocker, only, I have. Only my own feelings. Nothing <laughs> Raptors related. I've had a few of those moments. One was the Vince uh like tribute. The impromptu uh Yeah, that, that yeah, got me. Against Memphis, uh, yes. Obviously Demar's return mess. Uh going to the finals, beating beating the uh beating the Bucks. Yeah. Obviously. And then, of course, um, the most unexpected, but probably the most on-brand, uh, was uh, when Jonas Valanciunas showed up in the playoffs. <laughs> I just didn't expect it. I didn't expect to see him. And then I saw him in his leather jacket, and I just kind of burst into tears in the gondola. But it's fine. And people who say no crying in the press box, well, whatever. It is. It's fine. We're crying. Fans, we're... Uh, yeah, crying is better than than cheering. I, I don't think, cheer on the. On the and it, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Emotions are good. Yeah, this crying isn't. This is isn't. Good. Yeah, this isn't an anti-emotions <clears throat> podcast. I'm just saying 
that I didn't cry. I, I don't. <laughs> I like. I, I don't want to lie to the people. I was curious. I wanted to know if anyone did cry yesterday. Uh, I didn't I'm see anybody. I mean, I'm sure people in the crowd did. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, did did you cry at home? Yes. Did I cry 20 minutes ago reading <laughs> your story <laughs> from last night where you had a bullet point twice, twice in one in one bullet point. That's called efficiency. Where... <laughs> we have to come up with a stat for that. <laughs> where cry. you told C- us that... After- C- CPB cries per bullet. <laughs> after after Kyle's press conference, post-game press conference, because there were two and both were amazing, you said that he took a call from Damar. Oh, my heart. Just like stab it with good love feelings. And uh, also he talked about bringing his sons with him and how important that moment I, was. I even, asked, I even asked that question, Holly. I, I yeah, mostly that, just well, asked that that was the you. That was the moment... Um, like during the on-court ceremony yeah. that that got me obviously i don't think that's a surprise it was just a beautiful moment his his kids are so oh my gosh they're precious they're getting so they're so grown up compared to like i mean we haven't seen them in 2 years because of the pandemic and it was just really sweet to see them there with him and see them watching the tribute and you know how much it means to Kyle to have them there. And uh, oh my goodness, can we just talk about everything, Eric? Uh, okay, I talk before about it all. Uh, that, that's fine. But I, I on that, fa- it was actually a Facetime call from Demar, um, and uh, and Doug Smith was there, and Kyle brought Doug into the conversation, um, and and Doug did. Doug was talking to Demar. He's like, "Oh, how's it going, young man?" and you know, Doug is Doug is like a true professional, and like when somebody is being super loud on deadline, Doug and me too. I'm I'm not about this, but I think like Doug is perhaps more more gruff. Like we'll get upset that people are being too loud. Uh, but who came in after Kyle? Uh, what I think Victor Oladipo came in at, to speak after Kyle Lowry spoke. But like Kyle was like having Doug on his FaceTime call with Damar, oh, and they no. were still at the media room, uh, and you could just see like the Heat PR staff like trying to push the conversation <laughs> outside, but like clearly not wanting to ru- ruin whatever Kyle wanted to do in that moment, which uh, at this moment included bringing Doug Smith into a conversation with Demar Rosa. It's just It was just funny having Doug be at the center of one of those moments instead of like trying to shut it down. Um, anyway, hopefully Doug doesn't mind me telling that story, but uh, it's told now. Um, That's also the t- a testament to Doug's uh, place on the beat that... Yeah. Kyle would want to bring him into that moment. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't bring me into that moment. (laughs) He did say Eric Kareen, which you know, this is the first time it's ever been confirmed that he knows my last name. So that's good. Uh, Before we get onto things that aren't me, I will say that like giving somebody like a fist bump uh, when they are wearing that championship ring, very difficult. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a ring. Also, when I did my little, you you can't see me, obviously. One of these days, this this webcam will be fixed. But when I said stab me in the heart with love, when we were talking about that, I jabbed myself (laughs) in my my, like sternum with my with my thumb knuckle and now that hurts. So we we've we've made some mistakes here today, but we're we're going to try to do no more harm uh, for the rest of this podcast. But anyway, you saying that made me think, imagine getting like hit in the chest with that <laughs> ring on ring. by someone who had that ring on. Uh, yeah, Kyle came and he wore the ring. Oh, as soon as you saw that, to me, that was like the best I love you to flex to the crowd, to everybody. Like we did this together. I did this here. You know, I loved it. It was so sweet. Yeah, the whole the whole evening. I, I mean, it, after the video, it actually to me it felt basically like a normal game. But like, given the, I don't think adrenaline's the right word, but like that the emotional apex or climax or whatever mm-hmm. came like in before the game started. Like, I, there was a weird flat feeling to me throughout a lot of the game. Um, but that first few minutes uh i kind of wish they would have just let fans keep on cheering and and, Mm -hmm. like start the games a few minutes late i I understand there's you know trains to keep on 
on the tracks there, but it, it was really cool. And, and that he brought his sons to, to center court. Um, you know, I, I know he did that mostly for the sons, his sons, Carter and Cameron, but I think that helps emphasize and it's something he talked about that, you know, this was a home and this is where the family, <coughs> like they didn't live there full time or anything, but this is where their family grew up together and called mm-hmm. home for like, the beginning of their kids' lives and mm-hmm. to the point where they're, you know, nearly tweens, Holly. They're mm-hmm. almost tweens. Ah, stop it. Stop it. Stop um, it. Uh, there was a moment on the on the broadcast. Uh I don't I, I don't know if you noticed this um in the arena, but they had like a little box camera on the screen that was just Kyle, like during the warm-ups and stuff. So it was just like in the corner of the screen. There yeah, was a okay. Was so like a, Kyle, like a picture-in-picture, picture, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was the term that I was, I could not get my brain to wrap around. It's been that kind of day for me, as Eric can attest. Uh, first of all, watching that, I was thinking this would be my absolute nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Like imagine just knowing there's a camera close up on you for, you know. But there was a moment, there was a few moments that cracked me up about his sons. You could see him motioning to his sons, like when they were by the bench, like, come over, come over. And probably just because like there was so much commotion on the court. I think his sons were like not sure if they were allowed to like, you know, just cut through the court. And he kept saying, come on. And it was just like such a dad moment, like a parent trying to like get their kids, like just get over here. And it was such a cute moment. Obviously they did end up over there and I'm glad that it all worked out, but it was like a real, just like, just like a stars. They're just like us, like behind the scenes um, glimpse into, into that moment for him. You could tell it meant a lot. Well, I mean, it must be hard. It must be hard to get your kid's attention. Like Uh at at, at the best of times, it's hard to get kids. But in that setting, in like front of 19,800 people, most uh, of them wearing your dad's jersey or signs with his face on it yeah. and are screaming at him. Yeah, I don't, like, there's, I, I doubt there was, like, like, he probably got a heads up on, like, what the general order of things were would be. But there's no dress rehearsal. It's not mm-hmm. like a, you get a mm-hmm. rehearsal dinner like you get at your wedding sometimes, depending on the wedding. Uh, like, it's, and so to assume that, I don't know how old they are now, like 11 and 9, 10 and 8, something like that to assume that they'll be able to just intuit what's going on. Like I, <laughs> I, I can empathize what, or I can never remember the difference between empathize and sympathize. One means you've gone through it and you, and so you can relate to the person. The other means you haven't gone through it, but you can still feel for the person. Uh, I think so I think, I think I, second. yeah, I think I sympathize yeah. with him. I cannot, really truly empathize with him this is what we're here for is uh <laughs> to, to, to find words. uh but yeah it was a cool a cool night the video was what great. was your favorite moment of the of the tribute the video tribute um <clears throat> that's a good question like i'm a like i remember that his opening press conference mm-hmm. Do you remember who the other raptor was who was also being introduced that day? Landry? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I remember, again, <laughs> we're making it about me. I, I wrote a big f- feature on Kyle, which is still one of the pieces that, like, I'll just say it was, like, the first piece, uh, or, or, like, one of the first maybe three pieces I wrote in this job that's, like, okay, maybe I'll be able to do this half decently uh, was, like, my <clears> introductory <throat> piece on Kyle and in the comments I remember saying uh, somebody saying is there going to be one of these on Landry too um <laughs> and like that's not a ridiculous question but it's like you do no, un- but- you do understand Kyle is more important to the future of this franchise than Landry Fields right like even And at- also you bent yourself <laughs> over backwards trying to get these quotes and you actually yeah. felt good about it uh, for once and- So anyway the shots of him and I think if memory serves he's in a bow tie like he's mm-hmm. clearly mm-hmm. like a bit chubbier, less like, like pre Kyle is going to, uh, what was that hashtag? Skinny Kyle. Like it was pre skinny Kyle. Um, uh, that happened over that one off season, I think post the Washington sweep. If again, if Kyle O'Quinn says. posted the photo, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great moments. And I didn't hear that in, uh, in any met 
memory <laughs> uh, of Lowry remembrances. Uh, so seeing that and seeing him talk at that press conference, mm-hmm. uh, I think that was cool for me. You have Casey voice uh, in the video. The thing about it is like, I just watched it again this morning and I noticed it was him. While I was there, I did not, I, I was trying to place who it was, but oh I, couldn't, I couldn't tell who it was. I'm like, that, really? voice, that voice sounds familiar. Which coach is it? But I thought for some reason it was an opposing coach. Now, I mean, oh I guess it goodness. was, but, uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah. go, go on. Like, uh, I mean, talk on that. Well, I was just really surprised to hear Casey's vote. I mean, it makes sense because it's obviously over Kyle's tenure, but I wasn't expecting to hear it, um, you know, for many reasons, (laughs) just wasn't. And when I heard it, I was really excited. And it just made me think of those early years um, and that series against the Brooklyn Nets. (laughs) And you mentioned it in your piece today that obviously the image of of Kyle on the floor after missing, getting his layup blocked and DeMar like consoling him on the floor with him. Um, (laughs) Him going through George Hill's legs was a perfect, perfect uh, shot that I didn't expect to be in there. And then obviously, you know, the charges. uh, And, but my favorite part was when they re-showed, um, the clip of his sons announcing him from when they were. Oh in the yeah, bubble. no, that's yeah, that's that probably just... the correct answer because I I actually and... had forgotten about that the bubble introductions, um, and that was legitimately cool. Seeing seeing his sons because like for that they also had the picture in picture with Kyle in the corner as they were showing the tribute on the screen, so you could watch the tribute of his sons announcing him, and then the picture in picture showed Kyle on the bench with his sons beside him watching themselves announce him and they got to like see how happy Kyle was in that clip that was really really sweet um it was a great it was great yeah you it have, was a really really great job great uh, video on our rundown you have a question that said what was my favorite part of reporting on the Kyle return and I think in general and it's not so much the reporting of it but like as somebody who covered his whole career in Toronto my favorite part is that he knew this was about him and like he didn't act like it wasn't about him Mm -hmm. and he didn't act too cool for it like like you know he he was sort of being the star wearing the nice suit wearing the Mm -hmm. sunglasses you know properly accessorized but you know he didn't like hide behind a layer of uh you know, false, like, let's get this over with, or, mm-hmm. or like, mm-hmm. like re- we really have to, we're really going to do this. Like, he knew it meant a lot to a lot of people. Like, I- I'm sure it meant a lot to him, but, you know, it it was an occasion. And sometimes Kyle Lowry doesn't like occasions. And he's just, I, I feel like such an old man saying he's grown up, mm-hmm. but I like I say he's grown up like any of us have grown up. He mm-hmm. li- like he's grown up to the point where he he considers more than just how it might make him feel, but he knows what that night meant to everybody in the stands, but also the people around the arena. Uh, mm. Like you know, after all the, the people who yeah, had yeah. a hand in yeah. his nine, yeah, and like there's here. so for so long, Kyle would have found a way to be a bit askew or to be too cool for various and to not parts be the center of, of attention because he usually doesn't. Like you ask Kyle about himself, you're going to get a nothing answer. You ask Kyle about his teammates, he'll give you an incredible answer. Yeah. He's never been about like wanting to be the center of attention. But yeah, he definitely recognized that this was a really important moment. And I think it meant a lot to him. And I also think the fact, the way the past two years have shaken out just globally um, makes things makes you look at things different because he wins his championship here. And then the next year, like when that's when everyone came back for the next season, we had no idea that a game against, he was asked this in his pregame press conference that his last game ever in a Raptors uniform in this, in Scotiabank arena would be a random March game. February. Um, February. Sorry, February. Yeah. yeah, February game against the Hornets before they went West. Like you never, no one could have known that that would happen and then the next two years would happen that the team wouldn't be back here that he you know and then obviously this year there were reasons why he couldn't have come to previous games that the previous game that was supposed to be 
his return um, for personal reasons. And I think I think that time away really does make you realize like you never know. You know, you never know when a moment may not get to come around again. So he knew this was a huge moment. He only gets to come back once as the first time. And it meant a lot to a lot of people and it meant a lot to him. And I'm really glad his uh, his sons were with him. And and it you could tell it meant a lot. And I don't know if you saw the clip. The NBA posted it. You may have been in the background. I'm not sure, <laughs> but it was after the game. They were filming him like like walking off the court. Yeah. Um. And he had the ball, and which you said was for uh, assistant coach Chris Quinn because this is what Kyle does. Of yeah, course. he this did. He Kyle said does. there were two game balls, one for Chris mm-hmm. Quinn and one for Fred. And but he also yeah. winked both times he said that. So I don't know how I'm supposed to decipher any of that. <laughs> well, you know, I was listening to the Will Lu show uh, yeah. er, just earlier, and Alex Wong on that show, I was going to ask you, actually, just for what you said, said that Kyle grabbed the game ball and walked off with it. But then there was a second game ball that he, like, kicked over to Jennifer Quinn. And he said, I wonder if he got that for, for Fred. That's so what maybe, he said. That's what he said. So yeah. maybe, in fact, he did. Which, if he did, that would be, again, the most Kyle thing ever. And one of my favorite things about that man is that he will never let someone's moment go without trying to celebrate them and, and you know, capture that for them, which, perfect. But as he was walking off with the ball, the NBA uh, social team was filming him, and they asked him what it meant. And he said, you know, it meant a lot to me. And then he said, this place is home. Like, it'll always be home. Got me again yeah. after the game because it just was real and it was sweet. And I think that I think the biggest thing for fans is that you just you want him you want the player, whether it's Kyle or whoever it is, when there's a relationship like this with a with a player and a city, fans just want that player to know how much they're loved. And for sure, without a doubt. Kyle knows how much he's loved. And that was what's really cool about last night. Yeah. And the amazing thing about it all, is, and, and like uh, Gourmet Spud tweeted this, uh, friend of the show, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's like he, he tweeted, like, I was sure so many times the Raptors-Lowry relationship would end poorly. And like mm-hmm. as recently as like trade deadline 2019, that mm-hmm. could have been true, you know? Like, and and... You know, I, I think after the fact, Masai said, like, he and Kyle are actually quite alike, which is, you know, maybe why there's been some butting yeah. of heads over the yeah. years. But, like, but also, yeah, like, like halfway incredible through, respect. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, but it took a while to get there. Yeah. Um, but, like, halfway through th- this relationship, you know, eight through seven years through this relationship, it definitely could have ended in a bitter way, and that it didn't, like, takes a bit of luck but it's a testament to the people involved and and like constantly adapting enough to leave room to succeed and again like it's it's a one of those stories where both sides knitted each other to get to the place they they wanted Mm -hmm. to go and uh anyway it's quite it was quite amazing uh really nice night i i was Backstage, uh, backstage, uh, (laughs) in the back of the house to see him give those hugs to Messiah, Jerry, and Wayne Embry. Um, And uh, yeah, it's a night, certainly one of the more memorable ones from this year and and, uh, just covering the team in general. Uh, We should probably talk about basketball unless there's any final thoughts you have on that. No, we love Kyle. Uh, yeah. I'll say it for you since you're impartial. Yeah, yeah. It can be attributed to me instead. Uh, He's the, the best. The Raptors lost that game despite the heat. Uh, Who cares? Uh, yeah. This is what I wrote in yeah, the yeah. rundown. Uh, the, heat, the Heat did not have Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker, Dwayne Deadman. <clears throat> oh, yes. We uh, need to mention PJ in his flowered hoodie. I think he was wearing shorts. Was he wearing shorts? I don't I, don't, I, 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 I feel like he was. Maybe clear. I'm, that could be, I'm not, I can't verify that at this moment, but he was wearing like a really like patterned, um, bright hoodie. He was filming the entire Kyle, uh, video and reaction and he posted it to his Instagram immediately. <laughs> like, like I'm talking five seconds after it aired, he had like six stories in a row on his Instagram, which again, just shows how much Kyle has loved. Also, Jimmy Butler had posted like a five series, five photo story 
of Kyle calling it Kyle's day, like leading into the day, which I thought was really sweet. You can just tell that his teammates love him because how could you not? Anyway, continue. No. Sorry, let's talk about basketball. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Kyle was pretty great. <laughs> he was pretty great. 16. Uh, the first, yeah, the, that first quarter, Fred, Fred just coming out like, like gunning. Yeah. It was amazing. And then also Fred in his post game saying, I wanted to give him my best. He deserved that. Also got me because those two are just great. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Talk about basketball. <laughs> I but, won't interrupt. Maybe we should just call call the podcast. Go ahead. Talk about basketball. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Heat found a way. And the Raptors defense, as Nick Nurse said after the game, probably. I mean, the second half, they let up 59, mm. 59 or 69. <laughs> Might have been 69 uh, points. Uh, in the loss to Miami, and mm-hmm. that's concerning. Uh, I mean, part of it was like some guys got hot, like Oladipo got hot, Max Struess got hot, and that's going to happen. I-, I think the bigger concerns are, are sort of what happened to start the fourth quarter, uh, where they a- allowed Omer Yurtsevin Yurtsevin to uh, score three straight uh, buckets at the mm-hmm. rim. Uh, just some. Stuff that you hope would not be happening at this point of the season, especially against a good team, but not like a offensive juggernaut at the best of times, and uh, one missing a few of its most effective players. I mean, in terms of offense, probably Jimmy's the only guy that really mm-hmm. hurt them, but he's a pretty big guy. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's got to be the main concern coming out of that game aside from also the heat you know no matter who's playing they're gonna put together a responsible game plan and they shut off fred after a huge first half and the raptors just didn't i'm not gonna say they were there and like not getting to their stuff necessarily but they, they certainly couldn't make the heat pay for that strategy uh, enough and maybe a little hesitance in a few spots that you know uh, it's this is how you lose to a team that that on this night was you know certainly not at its best and, and that was not the Raptors best game yeah second half was pretty bad <laughs> it uh it was not great I do have to admit that I was doing some flipping um yeah through the third quarter because I was watching the women's championship game as well forgive me uh, but yeah um, every time I was flipping over was it wasn't great. Yeah, they the were just wasn't there. <laughs> like the difference between the first half and the second half was was kind of. And, and I think that. here's a, a you know a multi game thing, and by multi game I mean a two game thing. Literally the multiple of one, two. Um, <laughs> uh, going back to the Raptors, uh, you know, thoroughly forgettable thirteen point oh. win in Orlando. Ban Raptors Magic games, please. Um but I got the serious like vibes of Tampa in that game and was just like this is reminding me of Tampa. I don't want to go back. <laughs> Let's not do this ever um, again. But the one you know through line is the Raptors got next to no production offensive production at least from their bench in either of those games Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know that in in the first game that leads to og ananobi being on the floor and taking that hit and and having the thigh contusion that cost them (coughs) the game on sunday Uh, and maybe more he's questionable for the game and not in against atlanta on Mm -hmm. tuesday but you know more concerningly like it, it felt like the bench was coming around and they were getting into a bit of a rhythm where everybody knew their place. And this isn't a bench that's going to reliably put up 40 points for you a night or anything like that. And that's not what they need. Like the the Raptors put all their best scorers into the starting lineup. They're not bringing a Tyler Hero off the bench, but they do need that bench to be able to, you know, as the old saying goes, hold serve and, Nick Nurse just could not find any lineups to do that. And I think that's that's your concern, right? Yeah, for sure. I think it's especially concerning when, I mean, we've talked so much about the minutes that 
the main guys on this team have played. And when you have to bring back starters in the fourth, that's really tough. Yeah, and they paid for it. Um, like, like, that's mm-hmm. not, I mean, it sucks that it's Ananobi again. Like, he continues to take on injuries that all seem like, uh, aside from the strain last year, the calf strain, like, these are all <laughs> pretty much fluke injuries that he's mm-hmm. sustaining. But uh, you can't. I mean, it's at various points. We know the deal. We've talked about minutes enough. It's, you know, sometimes I would have liked to see Nick Nurse, you know, extend the bench a little bit. But the games, I mean, we know exactly what the games mean right now. And And you're not in sixth if you don't do what you've done. Yeah, yeah. And and anyway, I can't put this on Nurse. Like, I, I, Mm -hmm. like, those guys... Like the the rotation is small enough that those guys and those roles have to be bringing a baseline of energy and production, and you know, yeah, the consistency there there. is is a worry. I think just because, I mean, you look at how important it is right now for this team to have uh, production off the bench, and then I mean, take it to the next level in a week. It's only going to become more important um, that everyone is playing with the right amount of energy and effort that you just mentioned. Um, so yeah, like, uh, I don't know that, that I, I said, when I wrote this in the rundown, I said, you know, win in Orlando, we've I've already forgotten about it. Have you? And then when I was talking about the heat, I said, who cares that they lost because it was the Kyle night and the Raptors have played really, really well over this past, past stretch. I think they're like 11. Yeah. Like the past three weeks, the three past four weeks, last. they've been like since the beginning, the first few games of the all-star break when they got killed and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and before, you know, leading into Fred's five game absence since then, since that his return against San Antonio, pretty much, They've been a really, really good team for the mm-hmm, most part. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can see how quickly, you, you can see can how shaky really the foundation quick. is yeah. when, like, yeah. your six through eight guys, you know, one is Kem Birch, who's dealing with his own health issues and is not, like, an explosive offensive player. Then you have Chris Boucher and Precious Achua, who are, like, sort of fundamentally boomer bust <laughs> players and who's, like, decision i think like boucher has transcended that certainly at times this season but like he's mostly an energy player and some days that's just not going to produce the same results as as it will other days which is fine um but there's no yeah so other than thad young who i think is going to give you a baseline of you know know know-how and and defensive responsibility and, and causing some turnovers his pass uh, last night. Yeah, I oh love. Yeah, I, I I loved it more before the second I remembered he was left-handed. So like it was actually uh, he was throwing it with his like dominant yeah. hand, not right not, hand, but yeah. still with still, his. With, I said with his right hand, yeah, but I meant I, with I, his, his dominant hand. Yes, dominant. Yeah, um, dominant hand. but it was still an amazing pass. And you know, as long as Thad Young, I think I've seen a. And this isn't to criticize his decision-making. I think he just doesn't have the speed to handle the ball in the fast break anymore, if you can help it. <laughs> like, like you don't get to choose who's handling it in the, in the fast break all, all the time. But there were a few rough turnovers, I will say, with him uh, in the last two games. But in general, you can count on him to come on for pretty much any of the starters and find a way to fit in. It's... Can you get two reserves? Can you get three reserves on the floor at the same time and continue to play well? And and this is all kind of funny because, you know, I went into the week wondering aloud about the starting lineup. I wrote <laughs> I wrote about it after uh, who they beat earlier in the week. Uh, before Minnesota, the game that we mm. thought they were going to lose. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I wrote about it after the Minnesota game and then the starting lineup, so-so against... Miami, but very good in in the game in Orlando. Mm-hmm. The only use, usable lineup, pretty much. Um, so yeah, when you look toward a seven game series against a playoff team, a top four team in this conference, that the Raptors were already going to be underdogs. You're just, I mean, I'm certainly reminded of really how difficult that's going to be and how small the margin of error is. Yeah, 
<laughs> Sorry, I was just looking. I was just looking at the the notes for the um, game against Minnesota. Since we just talked of all the negatives, yeah, um, we probably should just touch on that game because we had both predicted the Raptors would go two and one this week with a lot with a loss to Minnesota and wins against the Magic and the Heat. They did go two and one, but they lost to Miami, the Heat, yeah. and yeah, to the Heat. Only the Heat. That game against the Wolves um, was a blowout win. They won 125 to 102. It didn't even feel that close. After and a terrible, Pascal, after a terrible first quarter, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Pascal finished with a triple double. He had 12 points, 10 rebounds, and 13 assists. And that one will not be taken away from him <laughs> by the stats crew yeah. after the fact, um, which was awesome. So after one game after scoring 40 points, he comes back with a triple-double just to show the versatility there for all NBA, Spicy P, Pascal. Yeah, no, we're not, we're not going to. I think, I mean, he has a strong case. Um, I think so too. And also in that game, Trent had 29 and OG had 22. And yeah, OG has been shooting the hell out. It sucks to see him go out OG because he was shooting really, really well since he came Mm -hmm. back. And like, you know, it's, it's hard to say with contusions, we've seen how long they can last Mm -hmm. on different parts of the body. And you eventually, at some point you just need to get into that like you need reps to get used to playing those minutes more so defensively. Like uh, because his offensive role has been cut back, like mm-hmm. except for the occasional like post-op opportunity or, or ISO opportunity, like uh, I, he's certainly not doing as much now as he was earlier in the year for, you know, he was just out for a while and Siakam has excelled so much. And Scotty Barnes is taking up more of the offense. than you know, you thought at the beginning of the year, but like, in that Minnesota game, granted, the Raptors shot the hell out of the ball, but, like, when you get the ball to the weak side and it's, like, Gary and OG deciding whether to pass to one another or shoot the three as opposed to Gary and Chris Boucher, let's say, like, that makes a huge difference. Or Gary and or, and Thad Young, like, that makes a huge difference. And And first of all, you know, for those drivers theoretically creating that that uh that space and if they elect mm-hmm. not to give it to them you have two real weapons there and so make no mistake they they need all of their top guys healthy um yeah I, I, it really felt like the spacing was improved with since og had returned that was like the biggest thing that stood out to me sorry i didn't mean to interrupt to continue no i i think that's that's generally my thought pascal siakam continues to play really well uh there's again like the miami game gives me enough pause that like when a professional ass team does something to to send a bunch of attention toward toward him or to make it hard on him do the raptors have the mechanisms to either free him up or to make the defense pay elsewhere and and like i thought scotty barnes did a pretty good job of taking the shots that were there for him uh on on sunday i I believe he took 16 shots which uh, i think van yeah yeah van vliet and siakam ended up passing him but for a large portion of that game he had taken the most shots on the team and you know i i mean that's not what the raptors you know if they were to draw their shot district ideal shot distribution before the game that's not what they would want but I think there is an element of, you, you know, you can't dictate how a team's going to play you. And it's more important that Scotty step into those shots. And I didn't think he was forcing much of anything, maybe one or two bad shots in there, um, but but nothing big. And I thought he was pretty damn good in that game again. Um, but yeah, like, like the Raptors are going to play a really good defensive team in the first round of the playoffs. Uh a lot of those are well equipped to put pressure on the perimeter. Uh, maybe like only Philadelphia isn't because Joel Embiid generally hangs back, and now that's terrifying in its own right. Uh, but the Raptors need to. It's just like the movement and the spacing when everything isn't perfect is just not. Again, it's the margin for error thing. There's no. 
they're not good enough to just be okay in those facets. They have to be right on their marks, making cuts at the exact right time. And there's just, it's not there yet. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what else to say, but you know, the, the one, the biggest flaw of this team is still a flaw. It's half court offense. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was feeling really good until you, until you, but that's, the, that's, the, that's the bar, right? Like they're going to be, Listen, in a, we like, also do have to just mention one more thing about the Kyle Knight. I'm sorry. You mentioned Scotty. We didn't mention this before. The moment after the game where Kyle embraced Scotty and, you know, had some words for him. That was really cool. It was like one era to. Yeah. And I think the, the cool, the, the cool thing about that is like him, it's him, use your pronouns, Eric, Kyle saying that like Scotty will fit in perfectly in Toronto mm-hmm. because of his passion and how hard he plays. And that's like. Again, it's a commentary on himself and like he know I mean, they got a championship, so duh, but like mm-hmm. he knows what made him so beloved here and he can like even though like Kyle and Scotty, like not really similar. I, I mean I think there's they're more similar than their body types would suggest, but like mm-hmm. but but not similar in any traditional way. Um but there is a spiritual stylistic overlap to some degree uh sort like an attitudinal overlap even though is attitudinal a word uh we'll, we'll see but like even though like one smiling <laughs> all the time and one scowling all the time like it all come it's all driven by sort of the same sort of you know competitiveness it is a word yeah attitudinal relating to attitudes all right um so yeah the that was cool and uh, i think it made its way into my story today at theathletic.com um subscribe i I, I like that i don't have to prompt you to say that anymore Uh, (laughs) this episode is brought to you by Michelob ultra the official beer sponsor of the nba want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive nba prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an nba game and more Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. But yeah, like the, <laughs> there's there's no easy first round opponents. There's no bad. Now that Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets are not going to be the Raptors first round opponent. There is no bad first round defensive team that they're going to play mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the i mean teams know what the raptors want to do the raptors are still growing especially when they don't have their starting five out there there's always going to be a player or two who isn't necessarily super comfortable with making the next decision very quickly and that's why the raptors want to get in these games right they want their players to feel that and it's important that they feel that. And if they can overcome it, that would be amazing. But even if they can't, that is also essential in their minds and in my mind to the development of this core. I don't have anything to add. I agree. I'm just letting you letting you go. Yeah, on. I don't. I don't like. Oh, I don't. I didn't want to make this a bummer, but like that's what this is. <laughs> that's what this is all for. Is so these guys can learn like both like the the feel of big playoff type or playoff games, but also the basketball, like, 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 like the, the, <laughs> X, the X's and O's because the game changes, not just from a feel and vibes perspective, but from a literally how you have to play perspective. It will be fascinating to see, uh, like we will probably, you know, talk a ton about this next week. So I should stop going on this rant, but it will be... Yeah, I'm about to cut yeah, you yeah, off because yeah. you're ready. It, it will be fascinating to see about, you know, the way the Raptors want to play and play in defense and cause all the turnover, cause all those turnovers and get out in, in transition, whether they can do that 
to even a close degree to what they're able to do in the regular season. But we'll get more into okay, that next you're, week. Okay, you're cut off. Yeah. That was not in the rundown, and I felt like you could have done a full hour just on your thoughts on that <laughs> Coming next week. I did want to mention we'll one pull, thing. We'll pull it out um, for a trailer. <laughs> our, <laughs> our question last week about, um, like, mortifying moments. Yeah, that we wanted Herbie to, uh, to, yeah. to, to walk us through gently. Um. Yeah, I thought of two. Um, do you want to hear them? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, so one was uh, with friend Dwayne Watson, who is usually a fixture around the arena. Yeah. Um, and it dates back to the first um, OVO concert festival, the very first one. Yeah. We went to that last minute, and it was very exciting. And then after the show, we um, went out for dinner, like a late dinner after the show. Spice Road? And, uh, <laughs> no, seven, 7 West, actually. <laughs> uh, 24 hours, 7 West. It was very late. And we were very excited because it was a great show, da 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 and um, I had ordered nachos and it was very busy that night, but I had ordered nachos as I almost always do when I go out to eat because I have such a refined palate, as you <laughs> know. Um, and we were like kind of like talking about our favorite moments of the show and reenacting moments. And I was really excited and I was like, and then when whatever, Kanye's no longer a source of pride for me. We, we all loved Kanye at some point. Continue. We did. Uh, but, you know, throw your diamonds in the, in the sky. If you're, if you're feeling the vibes and I threw my hands up and I, I caught our server and <laughs> they knocked, no, they knocked over our entire nachos on the table next to us. Not great. I felt like I wanted to be swallowed by the floor like just just disappear that was really really embarrassing and then my second moment which is sort of related because it was me being clumsy again I, I feel like I'm normally not a super clumsy person however maybe maybe uh I just think that I'm not um I was on a flight back to Toronto from Nova Scotia as we mentioned, as we established last week, I'm not a great flyer, kind of nervous. Uh, so I decided, oh, I'm going to try some wine. Wine will calm me down. But I asked them, can I please just have a little bit? Like, I'm not a big drinker, you know. Yeah. And I also hate being, I do hate, like, being, um, like, getting a huge glass and then you kind of have to wash the glass. You know what I mean? Like, just give me a little drink if I'm getting a drink. I don't know. Whether it's, I, it's usually Coke. I have never once thought that. Continue. You've never once thought what? Just give me a little drink. Give me, give me a big <laughs> drink. Continue. No, like when they ask if I want water or like usually I get Coke, even if it's early in the morning because it feels like a treat. Cause yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I relate. That's the same reason. And I, I usually get. ask for just like half yeah. a glass because I just, yeah, anyway, cool. Uh, so I asked for like half a glass, just half a glass of wine and it was red wine and it was sitting on the table. And what did I do? I bumped that glass and knocked it into the lap of the man sitting next to Oof, me. Rough one. Was he wearing white? He was wearing khaki, so it was very visible, very red. Again, I wanted to cry. I felt so awful. And this was like, you know, maybe 35 minutes into the flight. So, yeah, I felt awful. Felt terrible. Apologized profusely. He was so nice. Like, oh, whoever, I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know who this man was, obviously. But if ever I had the opportunity to apologize to him again, I would. Because he took it in stride. He was so you know, accepting of my apology, told me not to worry about it, but you could tell he was pretty cheesed inside because he now had to sit with like this wet lap of red wine all over his light pants. At least it wasn't a longer flight. Uh, Speaking of cheesed, I thought you were going to bring up the, the pizza, uh, the pizza pizza in the media room incident where the door got stuck. No, no, don't want to go there. Go. No. Okay. Uh, that was bad. Holly had once in the Holly, once, Go once, ahead. Yeah. You, once in the Raptors media room, there's this like, uh, what do you call the thing? It's like a. It's like a. Turn- it's yeah, like a turntable. Not a turntable. Uh, now not neither of us knows what it's called. It's called. It, it's. It's a. It's a. 
metal box with glass and you open it and there's pizzas that spin around it yeah. like a rotisserie pit yeah except, except for, for pizza. pizza yeah it's always at the it's always in the media room it was the opening opening game of the season it was against the pistons and um i tried to open the door and i think because i'm shorter than most of the people there my angle was off and when i opened the door all five pizzas <laughs> Off the, <laughs> the secret, the you secret, yeah, that's what I did they in slid, real time, too. As Holly will be, <laughs> they slid off the racks, hot pizza coming at me, and I didn't know what to do, so I like screamed because I needed help. And all of the men in that media room, because obviously there's more men than media in the media room, conversation for another day. <laughs> uh, all of the men just turned, watched laughed as eric as eric can attest to uh while Lori ewing um ran over ran over like sprinted over from the other side of the room to help me like pick up <laughs> these pizzas and like shove it back in in the in the thing that was really mortifying and i i've been reminded of that like years later well the pizza thing isn't there right now but we did we did it maybe i am clumsy we did learn an important lesson that day in that opening that pizza thing is a two-hand job uh because it doesn't just naturally pull open you need to like use the other hand to stabilize the base so that it can unlatch properly uh i'm sure people are glad that we spent this much time talking uh, about all the times holly no it's okay let's get to a few questions before we say goodbye for the regular season uh dave g bradley asks what is this podcast called it's called jurassic park thanks for asking uh ashley ash (laughs) rh82 asks is og cursed holly no no we're not going to talk about people being cursed that's that's awful um I understand why the question would be asked, but no, he's not cursed. He just has had a string of unfortunate events. Um, yeah. You? I, I mean, I don't really believe in curses, so my answer is no. He certainly seems to pick up a lot of fluky injuries, um, but that's not the same thing. Orlean. <laughs> Orlean. Uh, Something like that. Asks, if the Raptors clinch sixth, do you think they'll rest Fred, Pascal, and Scotty before the playoffs? Uh, Fred, yes. I think there's a good Mm -hmm. chance he won't play in the Houston game regardless. Uh, Would be my guess. That's the back-to-back on Friday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pascal, I'm sure they will cut down on minutes, if not the whole thing. Uh, If not giving them a game off. Scotty, I can just, I mean, they're not going to play him 45 minutes in a meaningless game against the Knicks at the end of the season if that game is, like, meaningless. Uh, but I, I think that they probably wouldn't give him a game on. Eh, we'll see. If there's nothing to play for, the minutes would be very limited, I think. How about you? Uh, yeah, I think I would lead more toward them giving Scotty a game if everything is decided. Uh, well, I guess the question because... is, what is everything? Is everything clinching a playoff spot, or is everything like they know what seed they are? They know what seed they are. So, like, if they can still get fifth, but they know at worst they'll finish sixth in the Atlanta, or, sorry, the Houston or New York games. Well, I hate to say it, but I think that could depend on how the, everything else looks. No, I know, yeah. but I'm just saying, if that's the scenario... Um, right. Oh, like you mean at the top of the standings and who yeah. they're playing? Yes. It, it, I it don't depends. think the Raptors are gonna. I, first of all, you can't do it. Like <laughs> it's, it's gonna be. It's so close that it seems unlikely that. Those well, it seeds, doesn't make sense yeah. to try to try for something. Yeah. In particular, but I don't. I don't know. Like I feel like if. I think at some point Fred, they might be fine with the sixth seed. I don't think that. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, like I don't I think, think they're going to go they know... all out for the fifth seed. Um, whether that means they would give Fred like a whole game, like two games in a row off, if they indeed mm-hmm, sit them mm-hmm. against Houston, I don't know. But I think that they'll definitely err on the side of caution there. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that they know, or you know, if they know that they're going to be sixth, then that's the way it's going to shake out, or at least sixth. Um, I just think with Scotty, for me, I kind of err on giving him um, time if you can, just because it has been a long season. 
Um, a very long season for all rookies, but especially rookies that are playing as much as he is uh, compared to his last college season. So, yeah, you want you want people to be fresh going into that next season, that postseason, if if we can. Um, yeah. So let's get on to this week because that will determine what we're talking yeah. about next week. Uh, hopefully not a playing game. Uh, <laughs> the Chicago Bulls prediction time. Your favorite part of Jurassic Pod, the Chicago Bulls prediction time. Uh, Milwaukee at Chicago tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Who's going to win? Milwaukee. Uh, the next day, back to back, Boston in Chicago. Who's going to win? Chicago. Uh, on Friday, Charlotte in Chicago. Probably Charlotte, even though I think Chicago, just to like mess with my brain. Well, you've got to call it one way or the other. Chicago. Chicago. You heard it. Chicago. (laughs) And they they had the season in Minnesota in a game that might mean nothing to Minnesota, might mean nothing to Chicago. Uh, Uh, yeah, I think that Minnesota will win that game. So you're calling you're calling Bulls two and two. I think like Bulls mm-hmm. two and two in general is a reasonable prediction. But that means the Raptors have to go three and one to pass them. Um, so can they? We've got Atlanta on Tuesday. Philly, Danny Green, three years later, ring night on uh, <laughs> on Thursday. Houston on Sunday, the uh, Friday, and then Friday. wrapping it up in Madison Square Garden on Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go loss loss win win Raptors finish six. What are you going? No, really? Yeah. Listen, Atlanta's been playing really good. Right I now. that uh, is on my mind. I'm gonna say win. No, I'm gonna say loss against Atlanta. Win against Philadelphia. Win against Houston. Win against New York. So that would get the Raptors to fifth, uh, if Chicago does indeed go three and or two and two. But like obviously, yeah, no, no, the, the last game, most, most that, yeah. that's assuming that the roster is playing. Yeah, no, know? I mean, I think the last game is impossible to predict. Like the Houston yeah. game is very even that Houston game. Yeah. I don't know what. Um, what will be well, the, with the Raptors, we don't know what's going to happen otherwise. Yeah, um, <laughs> they've, uh, they've made it a habit of, of confusing yeah. us. Yeah, and just so yeah. people know, the Cavaliers end the season in Orlando on Tuesday, uh, in Brooklyn on Friday, and home to the Milwaukee Bucks on Oof. Sunday. It's uh, a tough way to close a season. Yeah. Um, Regular season. But, you know, I mean, I'm the Nets... We'll be playing for something almost surely. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they care mm-hmm. about it, who knows? The Bucks very well might not be playing for something. They very well might be playing for something again. What do these teams care about? That's the new layer. It's like not only not only do that, they have something to play for, but do they care about the thing they have to play for? That's where we are now. I think that if you're a team that's not making it to the postseason, you have quote unquote nothing to play for. You need to show up and you need to give it everything just for your pride. That's what I think. I, I, I think, agree, I but we're not even talking about those that, teams. We're talking about the teams that are making the playoffs. Like or well, la- I'm talking about the teams that are not. Okay, so you want to talk about say, oh, well, You want to talk about the Tampa Tank then? <laughs> that listen, you put all the other teams in a different country for a year away from their fan base and let them be booed in their I'm doing quotation air quotation marks home arena and then we'll talk. Uh all right. So the Raptors are special and they get to treat <laughs> they get to be competitive when it's useful to them, but but Listen. all other teams should be competitive all the times. Got it. No, I'm just like yeah. I yeah, that's fair. Um there is a conspiracy against the Raptors and and Canada as a whole as perpetrated no, by the not. NBA. There is not a conspiracy against the Raptors, but I will say that I do think that that was just like a, I mean, that's never going to happen again. Hopefully that, that a team will need to be relocated for the reason that it was, that was just an out of the, out of the ordinary. No. And the Raptors were in the right. I believe they did the absolute right thing. We don't need to relitigate this. Uh, if the league wants to get rid of tanking, they need to remove incentives to lose games. Um, 
not goes up and down the standings. But so when we talk to you next week, the season, the regular season will be have concluded. We will know where the Raptors have finished. We will. What do you think? Sixth or fifth? Uh, I I am predicting sixth. I predict okay. that they and the Bulls both go two and two. Uh, <laughs> I predict uh, the Cavaliers. Uh, it doesn't matter what the Cavaliers will do. They'll, they'll probably <laughs> finish seventh. Uh, Apparently my math that I didn't keep track of means I think they'll be fifth. We will see. Um, Perhaps subconsciously I've been wanting to um, make my preseason prediction correct. So we'll see next week. Most importantly, where will I be flying to? That's what everybody wants to know. And let me tell you about hotel prices during the Boston Marathon, Holly. Yeah. They're 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 expensive. Uh, we're not going to predict that because we have a we have a difficult enough time predicting what the Raptors are going to do. The team we watch every <laughs> game. Holly, any uh, any final special correspondent news before we say goodbye to the people? Oh my goodness, we have Melbourne coming up this week. I'm so excited. It's my dream race time. The race time is going to be at twelve. 50 a.m. on Saturday night, <laughs> Sunday morning, Saturday night. That's like a dream time for me. I don't have to wake up early. I don't have to stress about setting my alarm and potentially oversleeping. It's going to be dream. I can't wait for qualification, qualifying on, on Thursday and Friday. Very, very excited. I'm I'm thrilled. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and uh, yeah, the Raptors play at 7 p.m. that night. That that game was not, did not have a time until uh, oh, yeah. Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. On Sunday. Yeah. 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 That night. Uh, but I get... When someone, anyway, we don't have to talk about your sleeping patterns. Uh, Holly, we'll get the full report on Melbourne uh, next week from you. We'll also talk about the Toronto Raptors likely, hopefully, heading to the playoffs. And and we'll have an actual playoff series to break down. No more hypotheticals. Hopefully. Wow. We did it. We almost did it. By next week, we will have made it. We will have done it. Uh, Holly, (laughs) thank you so much. As always, a pleasure for me and hopefully for, like, half the listeners. Hopefully. <laughs> so I'm Now I'm just replaying the fact that I spent 15 minutes talking about being clumsy and now realizing that, in fact, maybe my whole life I've just been thinking I'm not a clumsy yeah, person. Yeah, we, we've, so we've sent Holly will... into a major... Uh, sp- Tailspin yeah, over here, yeah. Huge spiral. Uh, as for the rest of you, enjoy your week. <laughs> hopefully we get some nice weather leading in. To a fun springtime in Toronto, sporting and otherwise. Leafs head into the playoffs. Raptors head into the playoffs. Jays are back. Toronto FC up and going. Read all about all those things at theathletic.com. Subscribe to theathletic.com. Until then, enjoy your games. Hopefully you've had a chance to emotionally come down from Kyle Lowry night. And we will see you next week. See ya! As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.